You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Well, what a rough start to the long weekend for thousands of people trying to get out of town. It started with headaches at the borders. This was the scene earlier today at the truck crossing. Motorists lined up for hours. And this is a live shot from Global One of the Peace Arch crossing right now. A much calmer situation than this morning's wait of two to three hours here. And over at BC Ferries, well, the delays there were only part of the problem. Good evening and thanks very much for joining us on this Good Friday. That's where we'll begin tonight at BC Ferries. Many passengers complaining that the corporation seemed totally unprepared for the volume of traffic at lower mainland terminals. Frustration so high, even employees were reportedly at their breaking point. Here's Kylie Stanton. Gotta get the walk-on ticket, man. Desperate, they ditched their vehicles. This is the worst I've ever seen it. Running through lanes of ferry traffic, virtually at a standstill, backed up for kilometers. To the Tawasan Mills Mall. Sailing weights are no surprise on busy long weekend travel days, but this experience... Well, travelers have a few choice words to describe it. It's absolutely insanity, mayhem. Get that lane going. The frustration is palpable. Flaggers trying to make sense of the chaos. So why don't you follow that uh, super there, okay? While some drivers are trying anything to make the boat. People cutting in and out and trying to make five cars ahead. It's just it's crazy. But there's a retribution on the other end. There's a flat tire waiting for him. Even booking ahead. Got a reservation. Isn't a guarantee and passengers took to social media to vent. This tweet reads, totally unhelpful to be stuck in a line with time counting down to the rezo cutoff time. The hashtag missed reservation gaining some momentum. They're basically, they're confused. Even walking on is questionable. I've never seen this. 500, 600 people in this line, it's getting ridiculous. BC Ferries that added 89 extra sailings on the major southern routes over the course of the long weekend says it's working to address the issues. We're putting them in touch with our customer relations team and we're working to accommodate those uh, reservations uh, on the next available sailing. But many of these passengers expect better. I don't know how a multi-million dollar corporation can run like this because a regular one would be bankrupt by now. Still, travelers weren't the only ones at their breaking point. Ferry staff bared the brunt of the frustration. There was a bit of a mob back there on one of the ladies. And a ticket booth employee was reportedly distraught over the mismanagement of the situation. She is literally in tears telling us, please, it's not her fault. There's not much time to turn things around. Traffic is expected to ease on Saturday, but will pick up again in the other direction starting Sunday and into Easter Monday. Good luck out there. Kylie Stanton, Global News. And of course, the highway is also seeing some added volume. This is a shot of Highway 1 eastbound near Chilliwack around noon today. Long lines of traffic as everyone tried to get out of town. Back here now, fire investigators are trying to determine the cause of a stubborn fire that sent a Burnaby couple to hospital and left the whole neighborhood shaken. It broke out early this morning, and just when many thought it was out, it sparked back up and jumped to a neighboring home. Nitu Garcha reports. The flames aggressive. The conditions dangerous. All odds were against the nearly 40 firefighters tackling this blaze in Burnaby early Friday morning. The mode was uh, defensive from the get-go as the fire was through the roof. 
Officials say 911 calls came in around 2.40 a.m. When firefighters got to the scene, the home was fully engulfed. About an hour later, the flames jumped to the house next door. There was crackling, you could hear popping in the house, and you could hear people banging on doors. It looked like the fire was almost out, and then fire kept coming back and at, at that point I think it, it started spreading to the second house. That first home that went up in flames is this one behind me. We're told two people were taken to Burnaby Hospital for smoke inhalation and as you can see the damage is significant. The flames then jumped to the neighboring house to the west. It's the one behind the trees there. We're told about six people and multiple pets made it out safely. Right now we're, we've determined that the origin of the fire is in the back side of the house. We already have signs of a collapse happening in the backside, so it was too dangerous for firefighters to enter the structure. As neighbors watch on, realizing the sound of sirens overnight has turned into a wake-up call in more ways than one. It was sickening. My wife said that she felt ill um, that close. Um, we have you know, a lot of wood construction around here. Um, it was a wake-up call for us. Not much is left of the two homes, but many questions do remain, as investigators have yet to determine the how and why behind this devastating double house fire that's displaced several residents. Neetu Garcha, Global News, Burnaby. Now to a place where there will be smoke and hopefully no fire. Preparations are well underway at Vancouver's Sunset Beach Park for the tens of thousands of people expected to take part in tomorrow's 420 cannabis event. Our Jordan Armstrong is there. And Jordan, there is a lot to consider here before heading down there. What should visitors and residents in the area know? Well, Chris, as you mentioned, the crowds will be huge tomorrow. Setup shifts into high gear around 6 or 7 in the morning. Drivers will want to avoid Beach Avenue as well. The nearby Vancouver Aquatic Center will be closed all day. Friday, most people were staying off the grass. The only ones on it were putting down plastic tiles to protect part of the field at Sunset Beach. All of the grass will not be protected. We, we protect about half of the grass and paths that come out. There's actually not enough Duradeck in Vancouver to protect the whole field. The toilets are in place and new this year, two giant teepees. Although what they'll be used for remains a bit of a mystery. I can't really release any information. Yeah, I'm just, yeah it's a surprise. At the other end of the field, the stage is set for speeches and hip-hop group Cypress Hill to perform. You want to get high? Denied a permit, 420 is going ahead without the park board's blessing. People who live in the West End either love it or hate it. It's disgusting. They don't need to do this. They wreck all the grass for those of us who live down here. I think it's fine. I think there's like 100,000 people that want to participate in it, so why not let them? Happening on a sunny Saturday of a long weekend, there are predictions this year's smoke-in could be bigger than ever. Staff at St. Paul's Hospital are preparing for a busy day. Last year, 40 people sought ER treatment after overindulging at 420. The reason for people visiting us is that they've, uh, they've taken something by mouth and they're not used to taking it or it's more than they expected. Even though marijuana is now legal in Canada, 420 organizers continue to call this event a protest. We're here protesting bad marijuana laws. Unfortunately, the new laws that the Canadian government have brought in have 45 new criminal penalties. This is not a protest. I've gone to the 420 Vancouver website and they're selling uh, sponsorship packages. For now, the calm before thousands gather to get high as a kite. 
part protest, part festival. A protestable is what some people are calling it. And it does, Jordan, as you have there, uh, come complete with an official site map and event guide. That's right, Chris. And it's quite elaborate. It lists all the sponsors. It has a map of all the vendors as well as those first aid tents. And it has an event schedule. I'll read a portion of it here. So it starts at high noon with a welcome and safety tips. At 4 o'clock, they sing O Cannabis. At 4.20, of course, it's the massive joint lighting ceremony, as they call it. At 4.25, Cypress Hill will take to the stage. At 6.50, there's a performance from someone called the Big Puffa, and apparently it all wraps up around 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Chris? All right, let's hope everyone enjoys it and stays safe. Thanks very much, Jordan Armstrong, down at Sunset Beach for us. Well, weather is making it very difficult to locate three world-renowned climbers feared dead after being swept away in an avalanche near Banff. Parks Canada is hoping for a break in the weather to access the area this weekend. That comes as family members of at least one of the victims are now in Banff awaiting word. Global's Heather Yorick's West has the latest. The tight-knit international climbing community collectively mourning three titans in their sport. Jess Ross Kelly, David Lama and Hans York Auer are still missing after failing to return from an attempt to scale the east face of House Peak on the Icefield Parkway. Parks Canada found signs of several avalanches in the area, leaving everyone to fear the worst. Jess Ross Kelly is the son of world-renowned American climbing pioneer John Ross Kelly. He says his son had never scaled House Peak before and that the three had planned to tackle a difficult 1,200-meter ascent through ice and rock. They had all done uh, dip climbs more difficult than this. It's just that they like the, the looks of this route. This route is, has some of the most difficult climbing that you can find anywhere in the world. Ross Kelly's climbing partners were both from Austria. The country's chancellor said Friday his thoughts were with the families of two of Austria's best-known climbers, adding that Lama and Auer had shaped the international climbing and alpinist scene in recent years with many achievements. Lama's parents also posted a statement on their son's Instagram account saying, quote, David always followed his own path and lived his dream. We will accept what happened now as part of that. We ask you to remember David for his zest for life, his enthusiasm, and with a view towards his beloved mountains. Jess Ross Kelly is being remembered as a loving husband with an enormous heart. He loved the, the people around him so deeply. He just cared so much. His father and sister are hoping to join in the search for the missing climbers over the weekend in Banff. Heather Urex West, Global News, Calgary. Right now, though, firefighters with Edmonton's technical rescue team called in for a particularly hairy rescue after a sinkhole opened up under a home. All humans are accounted for, but somehow two cats got down there. And as Global's Sarah Krause explains, they are in no hurry to get out. Rebecca Hung was just checking the side of her house for wasp nests when she almost fell into a pit. My intuition just told me to go that way and uh, to find a giant sinkhole that was about four by two feet wide and at the bottom of it was a poor little cat staring up at me um, who looks either pregnant or very sick. Her neighbor thinks he knows how the 10-foot deep hole formed. He says the houses here are built on an old mink farm. And I'm pretty sure this could be a hand-dug well with maybe with cribbings and the cribbings maybe now rotted and it just finally just caved in. That's news to Rebecca. I think I said a swear word rather loudly and uh, I was a little bit in disbelief 
and then I yelled for my husband. He was gonna go down in the cat in the hole and try to rescue the cat, but I discouraged that. Instead, she called in Edmonton Fire's technical rescue crew. They quickly realized there was double trouble. There was two cats down there that we had visual on. Uh, they were unable to get themselves out. So they sprung into action. The risk here is a further collapse. Um, and so we wouldn't put somebody down there unless we shore up all sides. Then another roadblock. The hole extends under the Hung's foundation. The cats hid there from all the commotion. And the space is cramped. The firefighters don't fit. Cue plan B. Currently there's a, a long two by eight that reaches the bottom, wrapped in a wool blanket. It's hopefully going to act as a cat ladder. Then everyone left, hoping the calm and quiet, plus a few treats, might just coax the cats out from the depths. I'm really sad because there are a lot of cats that live in this neighborhood. So I'm feeling sad for whatever family is missing their animal right now. Um, and hopefully it gets out safe. Sarah Kraus, Global News. And we are still awaiting an update from our global affiliate. Still no word on whether the cats came up out of the hole or not. But we will update it later as soon as they do. From cats to otters and Easter at the Vancouver Aquarium. The mammals proving Easter egg hunts are not just for humans. Staff hid some treats in a pile of eggs for the six rescued sea otters there. and gives them a little challenge before they get their tasty surprise. You could say it was extremely adorable if you liked puns anyway. Taking the stress out of air travel for people with autism is something YVR takes very seriously. High five. Vancouver International Airport and the Canucks Autism Network are teaming up for the Autism Accessibility Tour. Children and adults with autism are guided through the often confusing flight process, including security, boarding, and arrival. Today, what we're really hoping to accomplish is to really reduce stress and anxiety and actually have some families and individuals feel comfortable to actually take trips and go throughout the country and across BC. So I think this event today will help us to feel more, more comfortable uh, in being in a real trip with our son. Uh, today was very, very good. We were very excited and no crying so far. So I think we're going to be safe on the way of the trip. <laughs> This is the fifth annual tour, and clearly there's a big need for it. This year, 175 people took part. Now, a Burnaby company is helping fast-track a treatment for infections that antibiotics can't solve. Phage therapy was first developed a century ago, but fell out of favor with the development of modern medicine. But as germs become drug-resistant, phage therapy is getting a second look as a last-chance treatment for the toughest cases. Catherine Urquhart reports. A space inside them that's sterile and it's about 10,000 times cleaner than a hospital operating room. In Burnaby, BC, so, a high-tech um, company is at the forefront of delivering innovative therapy. Vanrax Pharmasystems, started just 12 years ago, is making machines that provide life-saving pharmaceuticals. Therapeutics are now being tailored for the individual and Vanrix makes a unique technology that helps make that possible. So the photos in the middle. Their equipment was used by a Maryland company to save Tom Patterson's life. Tom got very sick all of a sudden. Um, we thought it was food poisoning, but he just kept throwing up. Tom was in a coma near death after contracting an antibiotic-resistant superbug. 
Van Rex Machinery helped deliver phage therapy, a century-old treatment discovered in Canada that uses viruses found in sewage and garbage to attack bacteria. Bacteria have evolved to become resistant to these chemical antibiotics, and now we're losing the advantage that we saw with those chemical antibiotics. Good morning. Tom made a full recovery after U.S. health officials allowed him to receive phage treatment. A hamburger. We'll see what we can do about that. This was transformational for his survival and really sort of opened people's eyes to a new possibility for the therapy. Cheers, baby. Right now, there are no clinical trials for phage therapy in North America. Whatever treatment is needed, Van Rex says its unique delivery system is the future when it comes to tailor-made pharmaceuticals. To deliver something as transforming people's lives is, is everything. I mean, that's the reason why we get up in the morning. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Vancouver's Bloedel Conservatory is showing off a new, rare flowering sensation. The snow tower plant produces white blossoms on a flower spike that can reach almost five meters in height. Unlike the other celebrity plant at the conservatory, the corpse flower, this one actually has a pleasant smell. But if you want to see it, don't wait too long. After it flowers, the plant usually spreads its seeds and dies. It's two years to see a little seed can grow that fast into a major plant like this. The biennial, which means like now they're flowering, it's very unlikely they will flower again. Sometimes if you cut the top, they will flower again. Not as big as a flower, possibly, but this is the show. They were hoping you were right here. Let's get out of here and go have something to eat. Dramatic new underwater video of the rescue of a British diver who went missing on Tuesday while exploring a cave in Tennessee. After becoming separated from some of the other divers and running out of oxygen, Josh Bratchley managed to find an air pocket and wait for help. The helmet cam of his rescuer capturing him in the cave covered in mud, a scene eerily similar to the rescue of 12 boys and their soccer coach in Thailand last summer, a rescue that Bratchley was part of. After emerging from the water 28 hours after getting lost, he's apparently in good condition and requested pizza. Well, for the first time tonight, we are hearing from the California parents and two of their children at the center of a child abuse case that horrified the world. The riveting statements made during the sentencing of David and Louise Turpin, who spent years torturing and abusing 12 of their 13 children. Before they were sentenced, David and Louise Turpin faced their children. My parents took my whole life from me, but now I'm taking my life back. In court, cameras protected their faces, but the emotion could not be masked. Life may have been bad, but it made me strong. I fought to become the person I am. They almost changed me. The Turpins were sentenced to life in prison with the possibility of parole. Inside this Southern California house of horrors, 12 of their 13 children were tortured, starved, chained to beds, and allowed to bathe only once a year. I cannot describe in words what we went through growing up. Sometimes I still have nightmares of things that had happened, but that is the past and this is now. Today the Turpin spoke directly to their children. 
I am so proud of each and every one of my children. I miss all of my children. I'm sorry for everything I've done to hurt my children. With many of the Turpin children still living together, they have not forgotten their mom and dad. I love my parents and have forgiven them. Forgiving the unimaginable, the parents who enslaved them. Miguel Almaguer, NBC News. To Paris now, where crews have begun the long, difficult process of restoring the Notre Dame Cathedral from that devastating fire. Cranes have been delivering scaffolding and workers can be seen inside the building. The good news is an official says the fire was contained to the roof and no fire, soot or water reached inside. The cathedral walls are no longer in danger of collapsing, but the vaulted ceiling is still in an emergency situation. Crews will have to carefully remove the debris, weighing it down, cover it against the elements and dismantle the scaffolding that was on top of the cathedral when it caught fire. And a strange story out of Chicago tonight where Car2Go has suspended its service after as many as 100 of its cars went missing. Police say the cars, including 50 Mercedes-Benz vehicles, appear to have been rented by fraudulent methods through the company's mobile app. They also believe that many of the vehicles were used to commit crimes. All of the cars have since been recovered and 21 people have been arrested and face charges. Cartago says it was not hacked and its members' personal information was not compromised. In Health Matters tonight, another inspiring story of the courage to come back. Harriet Ronigan was just a teenager when her family's car was T-boned by a dump truck. Her odds of survival were minimal, but after more than a decade on a grueling path to recovery, Catherine Urquhart shows us how this young mother is now thriving. With an adoring husband and a beautiful baby boy, Harriet Ronigan's life is filled with joy. I have everything I've ever wanted. Getting to this place of happiness, a test of the 29-year-old's physical and mental strength. I worked my butt off like for a decade, pretty much, to get to where I am today. So all the lovely life I have did not come like pain-free. Nearly 12 years ago, Harriet was in the back of her mother's car when it was T-boned by a dump truck. She suffered a traumatic brain injury and given just a 5% chance of survival. She made it, but life would be different. Her beloved ballet no longer possible. It was just devastating to like not be able to move. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Still hard. Yeah. Harriet had to relearn how to swallow, talk, and walk. I was told I wouldn't walk. I was told I'd never get out of my wheelchair. I was made to buy a wheelchair. And I used it three times. Now she's bringing hope to others by visiting patients at GF Strong, where she spent months in recovery. She also speaks to UBC physiotherapy classes. As for receiving the Courage to Come Back Award. How do you feel about getting the award? Amazing. It's just, it's mind-blowing. I feel like my, all my hard work has been acknowledged now. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. 
In the digital age, with email and direct messaging, the concept of pen pals might seem impossibly obsolete. But a BC woman is in Australia tonight for the culmination of a remarkable snail mail friendship that has lasted six decades. Jennifer Palma has the story. Very excited. Why? Because I am going on a bucket list trip to Australia. It's a trip in the works for decades. One Dolores Bailey can't believe is finally happening. The main reason for my trip is to finally meet a pen pal that I've had for almost 60 years. Dolores is meeting her pen pal, Lynn Carpenter, who lives in Adelaide, Australia. This actually, I'm pretty sure, is the very first one she ever sent me. So she would have been about 11 back then. We're both committed to keeping this relationship going. I've put a little cuddly koala. She is the friend who I've had the longest. 60 years is um, pretty special. Lynn has kept all of the letters Dolores sent. I was probably age 10, maybe grade 5, and um, one of the students uh, came and asked me would I be interested in writing to somebody in Canada. So I got the name and address and um, uh, wrote the first letter. In those letters that have changed with the times into emails and messages, stories of their families and interests. Well, we went through the teenage years together, so um, we were um, mad Beatles fans. I remember we would send little fabric samples of things we were sewing at the time in the mail back and forth. The women have lots in common. Both are married, each had two children, and are now grandmothers. Lynn is showing Dolores all the sights as they enjoy each other's company. Didn't you feel as though you already knew me? Because yes. that's what I feel about you. It, it's just a formality meeting in person. Yes. You know. Both women agree this meeting is a chapter in their ongoing story and say they will continue to write each other. Tears. Yeah, here's to Adelaide. And, and here's to 16. a long friendship. Yes. yes. Jennifer Palma, Global News. There's a donkey in the middle of I-90. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. How a sheriff's officer helped a donkey avoid disaster. Coming up right after the forecast, we'll check in with Devon Shell right now in for Christy. What a beautiful evening, yes, afternoon and evening we've Yes, got. it's shaped up to be very nice considering all the wet weather that we did have, depending on where you were across Metro Vancouver and much of the south coast. Seeing some nice breaks, it'll be much drier now leading into our Saturday, Sunday. Out of the airport, we can't see it there, but temperatures are sitting anywhere between 13 and 14 degrees. A quick glance at some of the numbers that we did see from the rainfall and the storm. Agassiz getting over 70 millimeters. Hope at 72, Pitt Meadows and Abbotsford over 50, and out of the airport we saw 30 millimeters. It is now going to be dry for the latter half of our long weekend. High today up to 13 degrees out of the airport. That's right where we are close to where we should be. And a look at the satellite. This is the nice break that we're anticipating for both our Saturday, Sunday, but then on Monday we are going to see that weather push in. Across the north coast it'll be as early as your Sunday, and then it'll sink towards the southern half, and this is going to push in on our Monday if you are making plans for Easter Monday. The northern half of the province, so for tomorrow, sunny and dry, get out and enjoy it. The rain pushing in on your Sunday morning. Areas inland for Smithers up to 11. Much of the central and southern half of the province paired with sunshine. Temperatures getting up to 10 and 11 degrees. And much of the southern half tomorrow, 17 and 18 degrees. There'll still be more cloud cover for the morning hours in Whistler and then a nice clearing on the way. And across the south coast, a few spots also seeing morning fog patches. Sunshine towards the afternoon. A 
range in temperatures between 16 for Victoria and areas away from the water tomorrow getting up to 19 degrees. Easter egg hunt, very important on your Sunday. A mainly sunny sky, 15 inland areas will get up to 19 degrees. Our five-day forecast will be sunny and dry over the next two, very pleasant and warm. It's Monday, the wet one, and also cooling off with only a high of 12 degrees. Our weather window, this was shot this week in Squamish, a double rainbow from Robin. Chris? Man, that's beautiful. And nice for the weekend, too, the Easter weekend. Thanks, Yvonne. A sheriff's officer in Illinois springs into action when she discovers what's causing a backup on a freeway. I gotta go. There's a donkey in the middle of I-90. Come here. Come here, sweetie. You want to call the state or somebody? Somebody lost their donkey, County. I am in the middle of the expressway with a donkey. Dusty, the petting zoo donkey, had escaped from his trailer, apparently, and was calmly hanging out in the traffic. The officer did get him to the side of the highway, and the owner eventually showed up with a trailer. Dusty was checked over by a veterinarian and thankfully unhurt. Quite the character. Colorful. It's a colorful, it's a very Easter tie. I like It's that. an Easter tie. That's kind of why nice. I went for it. Colorful. Not everybody likes it, though, as I'm finding out. Who? Anyway. Is there, there tie haters out there? Nobody who will get mentioned on this broadcast. That's for certain. People have no <laughs> taste, evidently. Uh, round three of the Western Hockey League playoffs begins tonight in Langley. Giants up against the Spokane Chiefs. Vancouver beat Spokane three of four in the regular season, but the Chiefs have been better in the playoffs. Barry is at the Langley Event Center with Giants owner Ron Toygo. All right, uh, Ron Togo, Giants uh, majority owner. Behind me is the Giant dressing room. I'm sure there's a lot of nervous young men in there getting ready uh, for the conference finals. It's been uh, nine years since they've been back. How are you feeling yeah, about yeah, getting into yeah. it? Probably a little on the nervous side, but uh, no, it, it's, it's, it's exciting. The guys are, um, this is a different group than the last time. These guys are, everything's just more as a matter of fact, and uh, they don't get really overly excited or overly down on when things go wrong, and it, it, it's, it's almost like... Um, you know, this is just the way things happen, and uh, they, 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 they believe that they're the best team, and, and they operate like they are. Confident team for sure. Now, uh, is this an opportunity for the Giants to kind of get back to those glory days when you, you were packing the Coliseum, mm. won Memorial Cups? I mean, honestly, the Vancouver sports scene's been a bit dry with all the pro teams. Is it a chance for the Giants to get some traction? Sure it is, absolutely. And uh, there's been, a, this, this last week, the buzz has been as good as it's been in years, and you know, everybody's asking about the team and, and want to know what, what our chances are. And uh, so it's nice to get that back in the community. And uh, you know what? And tonight's going to be the biggest crowd we've ever had in this building. And however many we can fit in this building. And uh, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, the, the, the atmosphere at the LEC is fantastic. But if you do manage to get to the Western League Finals, I'm sure you could draw a lot of people, which begs the question, would you ever consider going to the Coliseum for home games for the final? It probably doesn't work at this time. And, uh, but, you know. It, it would be nice to have more seats, but in, in spite of that, uh, it's still a lot of fun here. The building's packed, and uh, the atmosphere will be outstanding. There'll be a lot of pr premium for all those great tickets. Well, Ron, good luck. Game one tonight against the Chiefs. We're going to have highlights tonight at 11. Back to you, Squire. To Boston we go, where Bobby Orr is always perpetually flying in the air after scoring the winning goal. Okay, Bruins-Leafs, no score, second period. Everybody in the building thinks the Bruins are up, but wait a minute. Another look shows you that Mr. Postman made the save and then Freddie Anderson makes sure it doesn't go in to the third period. Same score. Now, Austin Matthews is open. 
It was 2-0 Leafs, 2-1 final. They go home for a game Sunday. They can wrap it up if they win. Canada's under-18 team at the World Championships taking on the Swiss. Canada had a bit of a rough ride with the Swiss for a while in this game. Nice goal here by Connor Zeri. That made, uh, made it 1-0 in the first period. Of course, the draft this year is in Vancouver. And this kid, Dylan Cousins, will be a very high pick. Scoring there for Canada, 7-4 final over the Swiss. Well, the Whitecaps are very glad they got that win at home on Wednesday against LAFC because the game tomorrow will be much tougher to win in Orlando. Not because Orlando is better than Los Angeles. Really, they're not. But the Caps had to play Wednesday night, get up early Thursday morning, fly across the continent to Florida for a game that'll start noon our time tomorrow. But that's always been the Whitecaps' dilemma. You got to recover fast. You got to recover well, and and you know take take every minute, take every hour, as, and use it as best as you can. This is the time where your squad shows up. This is the time where you see the depth of your squad, and, and you know guys willing to take their chances when the coach gives them the opportunity to. So uh, this isn't just about an eleven. It's not about an eighteen. It's about an entire squad, and, and we'll show that this week. The reality of the MLS, where uh, you, there's a lot of travel. Now we go on the East Coast. There's the time change and. Uh, uh, the fact that we're going to, to Salt Lake in a connection is the reality of the game. There's no excuse. Uh, we prefer for it. We're professionals. We recover well, and we're ready to go after that. All right, Toronto was happy. The Leafs won their playoff game tonight. Double happiness in Toronto. Against Orlando, game three in this series. They're down in Florida. Speaking of being in Orlando, Pascal Siakam for three. They started off in a 10-0 run. That was Lowry to Siakam. This is Lowry to Siakam. He had 30 points, and the Raptors are now up 2-1 in the series. There you go. It's all about Easter bunnies this weekend, but uh, satellite debris actually, starts with some cats. Well, actually, there are a lot of animals in satellite debris today. That's true. Oddly enough, no bunnies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I forgot what day it was. That's all right. But anyway, we got some good stuff for you nonetheless. Starting with this from Whiskas, uh, the Cat Institute of Technology, or something like that. Welcome to Cat Institute of Technology. You've made it. This is the most elite feline institution in the world. Now that you're here, you can pioneer breakthroughs in technologies like communications, robotics, and laser engineering. Our state-of-the-art campus has facilities to cater to your every physical need, so you can focus on pushing your brains to the very limit. And join the brilliant minds who gave us the self-chasing ball, the invisibility collar, and the single greatest achievement anyone has ever invented in the world ever, Cardboard Box. So, my young prodigies, get out there and unleash your potential. Build that robot, crack that mainframe, or just sit there and do that. Sit there and do, do that. Do that, do that cat thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in this set of commercials, uh, both car commercials, one of them features, of course, the well-known Sasquatch. There we go.
crap, was that a Sasquatch? Holy crap, was that a Hyundai? You won't believe it's a Hyundai. Why do birds suddenly appear Every time you are near Just like me They long to be close to you On the day that you were born The angels got together And decided to create a dream come true So they sprinkled gold dust in your hair Of gold and starlight in your eyes So blue That is why All the girls in Just like me, they long to be close to you. Beautiful car. Beautiful car. Breaking out the old songs, too, although a different version. Okay, yeah. this is the one with the talking animals. I've watched this a few times today, and it's cracked me up every time. All right, let's do it again then. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jeff. In my Johnsonville commercial, we open up in the forest. I'm out in the wild eating my breakfast, and all of a sudden, a raccoon come up and asked me, what are you eating? Told him, Johnsonville breakfast sausage, fully cooked and ready to eat. Squirrel comes up and asks, tell me some more about that. So I told the squirrel, tastes great, it's got great texture. Yeah. Turkey comes up and asks me if that comes in any other flavors. And I say, yep, comes an original. Porcupine comes in and he says, does that come in patties? I said, yep, they're new. Wolf comes in and says, how'd you learn to talk to animals? And I said, books. And the wolf says, touche. And we had a good laugh about that. <laughs> That's a breakfast sausage commercial made the Johnsonville way. Every time. The turkey laugh? Every time. Squirrel's pretty good, too. They're all yeah. good, really. But Squirrel's good. Even the wolf at the end is sort of pushing the, He's pushing the product a little closer. Stuff. Yeah. Well done, Johnsonville. Uh, okay, so it's uh, Easter weekend, Passover tonight as well. I uh, hope you enjoy a Seder dinner, if that's what you're uh, in for. 420 tomorrow. Yes, very busy uh, for both Saturday and then Easter egg hunt on your Sunday. So a final look at your five-day forecast and what we're anticipating. Uh, tomorrow morning, we could actually see some fog patches away from the water. It'll start to clear out. Most of the sunshine will really be towards the afternoon, but it's a dry one. That's the takeaway for both days. Areas away from the water could get it to 19 degrees, and then the change will be on the way for Monday. Some people have it off, some people don't, so it depends. But Saturday, Sunday, fantastic, and then that change will be Monday, Tuesday, a touch cooler it looks like uh, the rain will be heavy at times on Monday, too. I know there is a group of young little leaguers who are very excited to get their very first practice in tomorrow because it's been bumped and bumped and bumped. So Saturday. So Saturday is, is the day for sure. Have a great weekend. Uh, good luck to the Giants tonight yep. as well. Game one and game two tomorrow. And uh, don't forget to tune in or keep it here on Global and online as well for more on that breaking news about a potential deck collapse. More details coming up.